Welcome to the Graceful Exit Podcast. I'm Kimberly Hertz, founder of the Graceful Exit, created to educate, empower, and support women as they navigate divorce. Beginning with us, we are putting a stop to the divorce stigma through meaningful conversations about the emotional and endearing experience divorce often brings. My hope is that you'll follow along on this journey and join our community of women navigating divorce with grace. Hello. So today we have the pleasure of meeting with Laura Friedman Williams, who wrote a book that was recently published called Available. It's a memoir about sex after marriage, and which we will get into in a little bit. Part of the Graceful Exit is really about socializing these conversations that don't normally had, one being divorce and the other now that we're introduced to Laura is sex after marriage. So I think it was important to bring her on to again socialize conversation and just eliminate the shame and anything that comes along with it. So I will go ahead and introduce Laura. Hi, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So do you want to give us a little bit about your personal journey and how you got into this space? Yeah, sure. So my husband and I had been together for 27 years since we were 20 years old in college. And we separated about four years ago, almost four years ago, after I found out that he was having an affair. The rupture for us was very quick and dramatic. Well, it was for me anyway. I definitely did not see it coming. I felt really content in my life. And so the breakup of my marriage was a tremendous shift for me in every way of thinking about every part of my life and why I was in a relationship that served me well, that I believed served me well, that he believed was suffocating him. So I really embarked on a journey at that point in my life after a few months of being completely devastated and not functioning all that well, in which I decided I wanted to see what life was going to be like as a single woman. And that's where the dating and the sex came in. Things happen, I would say, like not necessarily in a linear way. They happen concurrently. So there was a lot of shifting happening for me and reckoning with the life that I had been living while also embracing this new life that I saw could be mine, which was a life that was going to be, I would be single. I really wanted to make myself available to live a very different kind of life. I think part of a common theme I have heard of post-divorce is that those of us that have children as well find it really difficult to blend those two worlds or even to have two separate lives. It's almost like you're leading two separate lives. When you have the children, you're a full-time mom. And when you don't have the children, it's you want to be able to explore what you hadn't prior been able to. So do you want to talk us through the journey of how the book was written and what it actually entails? Yes. And I actually, I want to say yes to the part about the kids and that I think that it morphs over time, but it always is tricky. As in, there's no point at which you say like, okay, this is solved. I figured this out. I'm always grappling with how to be as present for my children as I always was while also honoring that I have a separate life from them now Mm -hmm. where I didn't before. And a lot of that actually in writing the book, that was a big component of it for me because I knew that writing a book that really focused on my life, my sex and dating life after marriage, I knew that was a thorny issue for my kids. And not something that I think we feel free to talk about, to talk about our sexuality when we're mothers at any age, let alone with men that are not our children's fathers. I definitely felt hesitant to do that. 
Yeah, I was really afraid of hurting my children and of embarrassing them. I'd say it was both things. That was on one side. The other side was I really wanted to show them how empowered I was. That in fact, the divorce, although it had knocked me out, I was back up again and I was going to forge ahead in a totally different way than anybody expected of me. And I was going to do it unapologetically on my own terms. So I had these dueling desires. One was to totally protect and shield my kids and be like the mama bear I'd always been. And the other was to rise up and be the phoenix that I wanted to be. And I tried to do both. I still try to do both. Both are very important to me. And so I decided to write the book and to write really openly about sex and dating in midlife after a long marriage, because I didn't want to feel shame about it. I felt that I had a right to live the life that I wanted to live given the circumstances that had been thrown my way. It wasn't my choice, really, to not be part of my marriage anymore. But I also didn't want to be the victim. I didn't want to suffer with anger or sadness. I wanted to move on. That is basically how the book came into being was just, I closed my eyes and just went for it. And that is so encouraging and inspiring because I think often a a lot of us live in silence post-divorce and are afraid to share part of this journey. So I was curious to know how has the response been since the book has launched? You know, what are women saying? I know I personally have listened to it on audio and can't speak highly enough about it. And it just could relate on so many levels, but curious to know the response and then your response from your children, because I think that is important to note as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to it. I think mostly from the world, people, strangers and friends, the reaction has been positive in Mm -hmm. the sense of, okay, you know what? You're showing us that we can have an act too. And Several women have said to me, you have encouraged me to go and find my sexual mojo. You've given me permission. I see it's okay now that you can be a really dedicated mother, that you can be an upstanding citizen, and you can also love to have sex and have a really satisfying sex life. And that all of these things are not mutually exclusive. And of course, there's the opposite too. There's definitely been the reaction to people who are really negative about it and feel like, how could you? Why do you talk about things that are so private? These things are meant to be private. And how could you expose yourself like this, especially as a mother? What kind of mother does that? So there's been both. And depending on the day is what I focus on. Some days I feel totally, you know, like, wow, I did this and I feel so great. And I'm leading the way in a sexual freedom for divorcees. And then other days I think, what was I thinking? Why does anybody care? Why should anybody care what I did? what I have to say. Why did I feel so free to do this? You know, it just depends on the day. Most days I feel good about it. Yeah. I want to pause there because I think everybody in this space, the divorce space feels that way. Sometimes it's like, does anybody care about my personal story? And at the end of the day, I think it's a sense of community that we are bringing to this space that wasn't there before. Yeah, Because so many of us were afraid to share our stories, share our pain and what we've been through. And it's uniting everybody, I think, at this point. So I applaud you for doing this. I think Um, that's true because I think there's so much embarrassment in it to be left by your husband, to not be mm -hmm. desired anymore by the person that you gave decades of your life to or or less, doesn't even matter timing-wise. It's really hard to talk about these things. With my children, I want to say that And this is really important for me to note because Mm -hmm. it was very tumultuous. When I wrote the book, my kids are 21, 18, and 11 now. So minus a couple of years when I wrote the book. 
And it was weird for them all in different ways. And for my eldest daughter, to whom I'm very close, it was really mortifying. She did not want me to write it. She was embarrassed. She was humiliated. She felt like this is not something, not in keeping with the mother I had always been. Mm -hmm. And she really struggled with it. And I said, okay, but for me to not do it for you would be me putting myself back in the box that I was in all these years where I do for everybody and I never do for myself. And I can't do it. I can't do it for any of you. In all fairness, you don't have to read the book, right? You don't have to follow my Instagram about the book, but I don't think you want to be the reason I don't do the book. That's a lot to live with. And she struggled. The other kids didn't mind as much. They're a little, they're just different personalities. They were a little bit embarrassed, but as time went on, they got less so. And I, I'd say my son, who's the middle, was really like, you do you, mom. Build live your life. And my little one, she's so funny. She's 11 now. She started middle school this year. She came out on the first day of school. She was still 10 at the time. And she said, mom, I told my English teacher that you published a book. And she wants you to come in and talk about it with my class. Oh, I and I, started, I said, well, what did you tell her? And she said, I told her it's not for children. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had great support and she's really proud of me. And I feel so proud that I'm able to be a role model to this child to say, you know, you're, yeah, you're going on this path and your life takes a sudden turn and then you go on a new path, but you just keep going. And my eldest daughter who struggled, she's really wrapped her head around it. And I think it's like anything, you know, you do it, you own it. I did apologize. I felt badly that I was embarrassing her. I wasn't apologetic that I had had a lot of sex. I wasn't Mm -hmm. apologetic that I went on a lot of dates. I wasn't apologetic that I wrote about it. I only was apologetic that it was embarrassing to her. Mm -hmm. And so she's come to terms with it. And I think that she feels now like she's proud. She'll never read it. And she shouldn't. Nobody really needs to read this about their mother. Regardless, she's she's done more than accepted it. I think she's accepted it quite gracefully. So now looking at the last four years of your life and going through this journey, what are some takeaways that you have from it? And why do you think that women need to explore and do the same? I think it's very important in all of this. I mean, you have a chance when you get divorced to do something different. Yep. And to keep the parts of yourself that you love and respect the most. And to change the parts of yourself that you realize aren't working. I think it's incredibly important to be self-aware and to own whatever your mistakes may have been, your blind spots, especially. I think I had a lot of blind spots. I needed my marriage to work for a lot of reasons that came from having a difficult childhood and a fractured family. And I overlooked a lot. And I definitely overlooked my own needs most of the time. So I think it's very empowering for women to find their voices, find their sexual appetites, find out what makes sense for them in the world going forward. And then the beauty is that we all get to decide what we want to do going forward. Some of us might want to get remarried. Some of us might want to be single forever. Some of us might want to be in non-monogamous relationships. We get to decide those things going forward. It's like being, you know, like you've been cut off a leash in some ways. Right. And for all of the sadness and the grief that comes with ending a marriage, so does liberation, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of women talk about. I don't feel shame about anything that I did. I do constantly feel surprised at looking back at how complacent I was in my married life and how happy I thought I was. Right. And how much redefining there's been for me. 
And so I think having sex, like being open to these sexual experiences, it really just gave me myself back. It gave me my confidence back, my independence, and my desire to take care of myself. And to yeah, see that so that was necessarily the act of sex, although I'm sure that had its um, yeah. pluses, but it was your point finding more about who you are, what you need, what you desire, and what you want your life to be like. And how to recognize yourself in it. I think that the one thing I really felt in hindsight, I mean, I, I did kind of sell my wild oats after I got separated. And, I, and I've heard from a lot of women who have done something similar. And then after about a year, I got tired. You know, it was like, I was so physically active that I was like, oh my God, now I just want to go home and go to bed. Right. Like that, the, a successful night to me would be like climbing between my covers and, and getting to just like take up the whole bed and go to sleep. But it was a process of discovery. And I think the biggest discovery for me was how much I had allowed myself to be neglected. And so sex became for me a symbol of something that you do for yourself, right? You're not doing it for your children. I was no longer doing it to procreate as I had earlier in my life. I wasn't doing it as a connection point with my husband or as a favor to him as it became Mm -hmm. in many ways. It was purely about myself. And so it became this vehicle that I used to get to know myself and just honor myself. And I don't think that anything suffered. I think that my relationship with my ex-husband flourished in many ways because I was taking care of myself and I was grateful to be in a position to do so. I don't think my mothering was at all impacted because for me, it's always been very separate. Like my dating life is very separate from my children. And maybe someday I'll be interested in integrating it. I'm not right now. So that's still very separate for me. It's like my life when I'm not with them. But I think if you just give yourself a chance to get to know yourself without judgment. Yeah, absolutely. And then curious to know, where are you in your whole journey right now? What does your normal life look like? And are you done with what I referred to as the phase after (laughs) post-divorce? Sadly, I think I am. Although I have such a stellar like lingerie collection that I've amassed that I feel like I should, if there's no other reason than to put my beautiful lingerie to use now. I've been dating somebody for about three years Mm -hmm. and he's number six in the book and he was there. I was still dating other people and I actually still leave the relationship pretty open in the sense of, you know, I don't know where we're going. I'm here right now. I really Mm -hmm. enjoy his company. He is very good to me. He treats me really well. I try to do the same for him. We have a really good time together. We enjoy our time together. His kids are older. They're grown. So his time, his free time is really his own. And I'm the one who's more divided between, you know, my kids, especially my daughter, since she's only 11. But I'm not sure. For somebody who spends her life just wanting to get married and have kids, I have surprised myself by feeling now that I don't want to be married again Mm -hmm. and that I don't want to cohabitate with someone again. I really like having my own space and having the freedom to, to explore still whatever I want. And that means to me still... If I wanted to have a one night stand with somebody because I wanted to, that I could and Mm -hmm. that I have the freedom to do that. And the the man I'm dating, he understands that's where I am. And we're very honest and open and we communicate really well with each other. So he understands that that's always a possibility. I'll never lie. I never want to set myself up for failure Mm -hmm. of putting myself into a relationship that is more constrained than what I want. Maybe someday I'll want it. It's just not, you know, right now, four years out, my divorce is almost final 
after, you know, year, it's hard, right? Like the negotiations yep. to get to the end is really hard and long and stressful. So I'm still really embracing being on my own. And I love that fact that you don't feel like you have to check up another box, right? And I think that yeah. so many of us have felt like we've had to check boxes throughout our life. Yeah. And now you're given a second chance to live basically how you want. And you don't need to create this box where you have to fit in. No. And that's kind of amazing. I think like even one thing that my partner said is he said, I think in the beginning when I explained to him that I really was not interested in being in a purely monogamous relationship, even though I'm not interested in dating other people because there's just not enough hours in the day. and I am pretty dedicated right. to him that it was really against the norm in his mind. It was against the norm. And so that was uncomfortable. And then I think he grew to understand, you know what, who says we have to be going according to what the norm is? Like, it didn't work that well for either of us. We were both in marriages that lasted over 20 years. It didn't work that great. Let's try something different. Let's try something different. And we respect each other. And the funny thing is that, I mean, it's been COVID. So what am I doing? Like, I'm not really doing anything. It's just psychologically, I know that the door is always open and that I'm still honoring myself and where I am in my journey which is, I think, what is so important for women to do is just to have either respect for themselves and the openness to just explore who they want to be. Gosh, I appreciate you, one, sharing your vulnerability with us and just all the tangible advice that you've shared with our community. Is there anything in closing that you wanted to add? No, I think just really, I hope that women, you know, who listen to this, who are maybe in early days know that there is a strong community of women that they remember that being divorced is not a reflection of anything, any kind of failure on their part. And to release themselves of the feeling that they failed in some ways, they can forge ahead with a lot of confidence and courage. Such beautifully stated. And gosh, I appreciate you and your time. And just again, sharing your personal story with the community, because so many of us can relate to the journey that you've been on. And we are proud that you have taken (laughs) the courage to actually share your story and can relate to so many. So I appreciate you. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate you too. All right. Take care. 